Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 200 of The Pulse. David Miles here, and we're doing something a little bit different today. This is not just the audio recording, but we are filming this, which is super exciting. I'm sitting down today with Pastor Pete, Sarah Goodale, Cammie Wright, and Rob Wood, part of our pastoral staff, to do something a little bit special for our 200th episode. This is a lot of episodes. I can't believe we've been doing this this long. That's that's a lot. We're locked in a room 200 times. Oftentimes in closets. Very, very small room. It is so hard to find quiet places to talk around here. But we thought since we were doing a video recording of this as well, we would talk about something that has really captivated our time and attention and energy for the last 14 months or so, and that's COVID. Specifically, we want to talk about how we have navigated all of this in light of really unprecedented times and just kind of some of our reflections as we have had to do things in new and different ways, things that we probably never thought we would have to do, and yet we have had to do. So, Pastor Pete, take us back about 14 months ago. How did this all start? So March of 2020, we had the leadership retreat all planned out to go up to the Kemp's cabin, and that was canceled. We, we couldn't travel. And so we moved the retreat here uh, to church, to the hospitality room, and more information kept coming out of what was coming, and the governor was going to shut everything down. And we basically said, okay, we've got four hours today to figure out what's our response to COVID, and what is COVID, by the way. And in four hours' time, we came up with a, a, a pretty excellent plan. It was a total game changer. I mean, we, we normally have our staff and elder retreats at a nice cabin and it's relaxed and it's laid back. And here we are kind of meeting in our lobby area with a little bit of pressure, trying to figure out how we're going to adjust. And as people continue to say pivot in the midst of all of this in order to continue to minister to people well. Sarah, there are a lot of different things that over the last 14 months we have done in order to, to minister and serve people. What are some of the things that we've been able to uh, kind of implement in order to continue doing ministry as best we possibly can? Yeah, I would say that during this time, um, everybody just came together, which was amazing. Um, so much support from leadership, from deacons, from um, care, from Stevens. And some things that we just did right off the bat was make sure that people were checked on. And we partnered with that across ministries. So like you had small groups check, make sure that they're checking in with their people. Cammie was checking in on her leaders and her families. And Joe was checking in on his leaders and their families. And then um, anybody that didn't fall into one of those categories or if they were in that risk area, right? When all the information was coming out. It was like, our older population is at risk. They're vulnerable. We wanted to make sure for sure that they are being prayed for, that they are being called um, and cared for. And so we just put together a whole team and divided uh, divided and conquered. And those relationships ha- were amazing. There was people that were contacting um, individuals that were isolating, that isolated. I mean, there was people that really isolated this whole time and did not go anywhere because they were really at risk. And they were calling them every week and having conversations with them and praying for them. And just these beautiful relationships have come out of this last year. And then we did a whole, um, as the pandemic went on, um, it was brought to our attention that we were on the edge of um, a mental health crisis. Mm. And so hearing that from the community um, and just saying, like, what can we do as a church to be intentional in this area and uh, updating all of our resources in the midst of that. And then um, each of our departments really working to educate our, our family 
of what does mental health issues look like and that it's okay if you're feeling this way and what do you need to do to get the help that you need. And we did that um, through um, the adults ministry with Jessica Weiss and I doing a video and coming out with new resources. Cami, you put together some amazing resources for parents to like- That's what a is, huge blessing. What does mental health look like for kids? Exactly. Well, parents were faced with something they'd never seen before, uh, behaviors in their children they had never witnessed before. And we, we came up with a series weekly that was out for the whole church. We targeted families that were coming to us and asking for that specific help. And um, it, was, it was critical. But yeah, we, you, we, did, you did the same thing. So yeah, another piece yeah. of that is, like, Joe's not here, but they did an amazing job. They spent several weeks. Right here. Right here in this room, talking with youth, sharing about, like, it's okay if you're feeling this way. They even brought in a week where they had counselors come yeah. in. So students could just meet a counselor and see that it's not scary. So if you feel like you need someone to talk to, that's not a scary thing. That's good. It was just really cool to see that as, um, as a staff, and as a church community, we are not siloed. We look at a problem and we come together. And I think that that was what, for me, came out of this last year, is that we, whenever we're faced with, like, these huge problems, we don't, like, kind of go into our own yeah. little corners. We come together and uh, figure out how to solve it together as that's, a group. That's really good. Pastor Pete. Well, we knew communication was going to be a big piece of this. And so we, we, we instituted um, Good Morning MVC. So every staff person took a different day shared a little video that was on Facebook of what was going on, just a check-in. You could have folks listing out. We started to learn what hybrid looked like, where people were interacting with prayer requests and check-ins. Uh, so that video went out every week. Then we realized, but there are folks that aren't on social media. So then our staff were making those videos and then writing them up and sending them out, pushing that. So we knew communication was going to be a big, be a big piece. We knew worship and prayer and praise was going to be a big one. And so then Rob said, Let's let's do it every Thursday night. Let's That's do a it. big deal. I loved that. I miss it. I miss it too. That's really how the offering was born. I believe was during those prayer and praises. Such an and first of all, I'm not going to talk as fast as any of y'all have been talking. <laughs> You're from Texas. I got gonna have to. I don't think my brain can even move that quickly. But yeah, David and I sat during the the staff and elder retreat, which. I hope we do have a, at a cabin or somewhere again because it seems like we're getting into this new normal of just doing it here in the church, which is not that much fun um, to, to do just right here. But um, so we started to have, yeah, worship, prayer, and praise and started live streaming. Well, we had never done that before. So we had, you know, basically a, a three little remote operated camera set that if you go back and watch some of the early the early uh, MVC worship lives, uh, that's how they were filmed. And now we're kind of graduating out of that. But uh, we had that. And I really have to take a second to thank all of my worship team and the tech department who are here week in and week out. As pastor said, we didn't know what COVID was, what it was capable of, uh, if we were all going to die uh, or not. So it, people still coming and, and running cameras and setting Mark up. Mark Braden. And, Every Mark week, Braden, every week. Yeah, Mark Braden. And, and we had, I, I just want to say a word, word about prayer and praise looked different at different times, but, uh, and all of you were participating in different ways, but I'll never forget, ever forget Rob taking a request uh, live with it being aired uh, to, to sing songs and lead songs, and I'm receiving them, and I'm telling him what they are, and I'm supposed to update this iPad so he has the music, <laughs> realizing it's not working and he's just going off of, of memory and fear and terror and nobody was, that was, amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. At one, amazing at one point it was uh 
you were transmitting lyrics from your iPad right. to what I was looking at. And somehow Pastor clicked the wrong button and it was just a video of him or a screenshot of just... Uh, up my nose. Uh, <laughs> my three chins. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember the words to uh, an old Keith Green song. And it just clips over to Pastor Pete's face. But yeah, that was that was madness. I'm we've not learned sure. so much. We've yeah, learned we've, so much. We've tried These a were lot of such things. strange, strange times. And the timing of things was really interesting as well. We're in the middle of this, this sermon series on Revelation. We had, we had started live streaming the week prior to everything shutting down. On the plagues, I think. The, the first week I was preaching, <laughs> it was on the reaping. Yeah, yeah. David's I mean, preaching the first one on the reaping. I asked the elders, are you sure you want to keep going with this? Like, this is, this is the word of God. We need to hear it. And it was the reaping, and then it was the plagues, and we just... Sometime, somehow I got these weird Topical. weeks. I got the first week of that, spooky. and then I had the, the one only week where I was behind plexiglass preaching. Yeah. <laughs> We tried it once, like, that's just not going to work. I love this. This is true. We're creating a historical record here because we're going to look back on this. We're going to forget these things. I love that we're talking about the one time you had to stand behind Pope. It was so weird. I I just want to take a moment to to say these are incredible people that are here on the stage and the the other staff. We're trying to communicate um, confidence and joy. We made that silly Brady Bunch uh, video. We're trying to address issues like mental health and trying to address real needs. We were seeing a tsunami of need. Um, uh, and so directing funds to the deacons, which has continued. But behind the scenes, uh, the money dried up because I think people didn't know how to give, but we didn't know. And we were all prepared to take major um, pay cuts. We thought, okay, well, this is it. We're tightening the belt. We're going to shut everything down. Week one, week one, we all came in and said, yeah. and then all of you, ca- all we'll every, everyone on staff, cut. We'll take a cut. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a little scary times. Mm-hmm. We didn't know, you know, how many people were going to pass from our congregation and praise God that it's just not materialized. But we had no idea. We were, walk- we were truly walking by faith. Yeah. In those moments. For each of you, if you were to reflect back on the last year, the last 14 months, what was that experience like for you? What were maybe some of the thoughts and the emotions that you had in the midst of it? And, and now as we're hopefully moving beyond it, how are you feeling in light of everything that we have gone through together as a team? Maybe Rob, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'd never seen an instance where a church was closed down at length. Uh, so that was certainly new for me and raised a lot of doubt and fear uh, for sure to say, oh, well, we don't necessarily even have the power to keep our doors open right now. Um, So it took a lot of reliance on God and uh, each other and the church, just being the church and seeing how people rallied around. That's when the We Are Family motto motto that we had championed only, you know, a few months before. A couple months months before, yeah. yeah. A few months before really started to materialize. And and, uh, that really solidified a lot for me as far as the church's responsibility, especially in trying times and was really, I think, a template and a model uh, for me and my my spiritual walk going forward for the expectation of leadership and what God can do, what he can use in bad times almost gets accelerated because dependence shifts from on ourselves, on our own abilities, and onto God. That's, that's really solidified for that's me. That's so good. That's so good. Cammie, what about you? Well, one, I would say it was marked by praying without ceasing, I don't think I've ever prayed so much continuously as these past months, year. 
Um, but I'll tell you, I was, I was feeling a heavy burden because when things got to go back up and running and the children's program couldn't, and I knew how many people were not able to come back yet because they needed that children's program, um, I felt bad about that. I, I felt like I was the stumbling block to getting our families back in, but we just couldn't. The schools were still closed. I want, we didn't have any volunteers. We were down to... 8% of our normal volunteer force and trying to run a program like that uh, wasn't possible. So uh, the Lord has provided, though. The, it wasn't my timing. It was his timing. And when it was time to roll back out, he brought us the people. We put the program in place. Um, I'd also say it was marked by a lot of personal visits. When we closed down, I had all my leader appreciation gifts <laughs> just sitting there. So I drove out to every leader's house. I spoke with them or left it on the doorstep and waved far away. Um, all the families, so many who had not been out of their homes, I was going out there with things for the kids and just, hi. So I loved the personal part of ministry in those days, the, the handwritten cards, the Christmas cards, the multiple communications. Um, and those were things that wouldn't have been possible in a normal year, but they really enhanced relationship. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know if you can hear it if you're listening right now, but there are preschoolers out in the hallway and there was a season where it was just dead quiet around here. I remember coming in here eerie. one particular day where there were so many boxes and things here in here because we were trying to get our setup to a place where we could live stream effectively and I was crushing boxes and, and getting rid of those and it was just dead. It was just like eerily quiet in here and it's so nice to be back now hearing preschoolers and on Sunday morning, seeing faces that you you literally have not seen for a year. A couple of weeks ago when Dave Pennington came back after over a year not being in this building, it was so good and so refreshing to see him, especially after a season that at least for me was really stressful. Um, I felt a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, pressure, not just with ministry, but just on a personal note too. I mean, we're, we're navigating this, but on on a personal level, we're navigating things with kids and school and, and employment and all those sorts of things with family members. And um, to be able to come back now into this place, it feels like a family reunion every Sunday morning. Yeah, every Sunday. Well said. People That's coming right. back. Yeah. It's so yes. exciting. Sarah, what about you? Um, you're almost making me cry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, for me, it's just this, the importance of community that... Um, and that the church is not a building, but it's a body. And so this, what came out of it is just seeing the care and how everyone came together, like Rob was talking about, the people that came in when they thought they could die, and they still came in and helped us put on a live stream. Like, at that time, like, that, that was really, like, people really felt like they were risking that, and they still came in so that everyone else could have worship and could hear a message. Like, that's amazing that that's our church family. And um, the importance of community and making sure that you have that for when things happen. Like this was like the ultimate, like we say that all the time, right? If you're not in a small group, get in a small group because you don't want to be looking for a small group yeah. when, when tough times come because tough times are coming. And this was like tough times came for everyone. And it was like our small group community just like came in full steam and cared for people. Um, all of our care team came in and cared for people. So just, and I remember my son saying he was talking with a friend who isn't a believer and is not part of a church. And he was so depressed and felt so, and Declan said, 
you know what? I don't feel like that because I know I have my church family. So this idea of the hope that we have and in the midst of this, that there was this hope because we were part of a community. Absolutely. And what it was like to go through this and not have community, the devastation. And when you are feeling that way and not have a safe place to go like we do, I just felt so blessed. And so coming back and being together just feels um, like this Sunday not like I know that was like half and half, right? Half masked, half not. But to see smiling faces that you haven't like seen, um, I was giddy. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it was just so, it was like a, it, every week, yeah. it's like a family reunion. Every week we're seeing new people that we haven't seen that, um, and it's, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's so good to be at a place where there, there's a place for everyone, right? I mean, there's a place for everyone here. And over the course of the last year, there's just been a huge impact made in our community. So, Pastor Pete, what about you? You know, I, I mentioned earlier about how we were all ready to take major pay cuts, but then the way our community pulled together, we ended that fiscal year so far uh, ahead that we were able to pay down the debt, we were able to put money aside. The plans of, of construction, all of that just seems sort of like, how could we even be thinking that? And, and yet we're actually seeing there's a tremendous need of what God's doing here on this campus and in this area you know, this church came together. We, we had a series called Built to Last, and we saw the way, the genius of how Jesus designed the church to withstand the storms. Coronavirus, extremely contentious election season, and yet even in a what would be deemed a purple church, us pulling together. Nothing could prepare us for that. Nothing could, could prepare us for losing Allison and her going on to glory the um, absolute sucker punch of real life hitting so close to home, and yet the beauty of God's grace each day being greater than that and seeing us through that and seeing even uh, the way we've celebrated uh, Riker's birthday as a staff this week, it, um, it just demonstrates the song that Rob just introduced last week, the evidence, the evidence of, of God's grace and love. It's real. The things we talk about, the things we teach our children, the things we, we recite as families around dinner table, this is real life and it's happening. God's grace is at work. Yeah, and we say it all the time. I mean, we say it as a staff. We say it as a congregation. We are family. Like that. that is so foundational to who we are as a church, to how we do ministry, to how we care for one another to the relationships that we have, to the investment that is made um, on an ongoing basis. And to see that in the midst of incredibly challenging times, it is so encouraging to know that even in the midst of those circumstances, we are able to stay together in Christ, that, that he's our foundation. And we are able to rally around in, in Christ's love to share that with others, to, to continue preaching the good news of the gospel. It only makes me that much more excited for coming out on the other side of this. You know, if we can do it in the, in the most challenging of times, we certainly amen, amen. can do it in, in ordinary, normal circumstances. So, and I, would, I so just exciting. want to say, I wouldn't want to do life with anyone else in this team. Yeah. Rob's expecting another yeah. a baby. Morgan's sending her first baby off to college. David's now ready to get ordained and going off, leaving Sunday for, to start a whole nother doctorate program. Sarah's just passed the, one of the next big hurdles 
it's it's an exciting time yeah. to be super I have to, to I you. have to share an anecdote from children as you're talking about built to last and that we've made it through this foundation. Uh, two weeks ago, we did uh, the Wise and Foolish Builders, building on the rock, building on the sand. We had the sand, and underneath I had secretly placed a brick. And we put the house on there, and the pitcher of water came over, and one house fell over, and another stood. And one of the kids said, our church during coronavirus was the house on the brick. That was our, not my family, but our church. And they said, our church didn't fall over. That's good. That's so, so good. kids see good it. Yep. They see it yeah. very clearly. Any final thoughts? For those of you listening or watching this 200th episode of The Pulse, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for being a part of this family, for investing in the mission that God has called us to, for continuing to be faithful in your service and your generosity, and for coming to worship, because it is such a joy to worship alongside you. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Pulse. We hope that you will listen again next week. We'll talk to you soon. 